Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. I want us to have a word of prayer. Father, we want to thank you. Father, we bless you. We thank you that your word is anointed. We thank you that you have blessed us today with the opportunity to hear your word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to read from Numbers chapter 27, verse number 1 to verse number 7, and something very special is going to happen. Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Micah, the son of Manasseh. Of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and these are the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, and Hogla, and Melchah. The Bible makes us understand that they stood before Moses and before Eleazar, the priest, and before the princes and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of them that guarded themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons. Verse number four. Why should the name of our father be done away from among his family? Because he had no son. Give unto us therefore a possession among the brethren of our father. And Moses brought their case before the Lord. <laughs> and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, watch this. The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren. And thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them. We want to discuss briefly this morning opportunities to break protocols. We are learning about these wonderful women, five of them came to Moses. Their father was called Zelophehad. And he died and um, he didn't have a son. And at the time, when a man died and didn't have a son, his inheritance was supposed to pass on to his brethren or his family. So these ladies who were daughters of Mr. Zelophehad realized that such a tradition had been going on for a long time and many women have been disenfranchised. So on this particular day, they went to Moses, the man of God. And I want to tell you that in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, we don't see a lot of women approaching the leader, the spiritual leader. But these women said, we are going to go to Moses, the man of God, the pastor. And so they went to Moses and they told Moses that, listen, we have an issue. Our daddy died. He was not a sinner. He was a correct man. He did not 
become part of the rebellion against the Lord, against you, why should his inheritance not come to us, but pass on to his brethren, because he does not have a son? And so we are seeing here that there was a protocol. And you see, these women had an opportunity to either conform to the protocol or to change the protocol. And sometimes when we use the word break the protocol, it looks more, more radical, but maybe we use the word change the protocol, all right? So these people said, before we were born, this protocol was there. But in our time, we are not going to allow this protocol to disenfranchise us of our possession. The first point I want to make is that there are protocols that have been in our families, in our nation, in our environment, in our neighborhoods that we met. These are structures embedded in society, in families, in our workplace. We met them and sometimes, like these five women, these protocols do not inure to our benefit, our progress, and our success. In their case, they were being disenfranchised of what was legitimately theirs. And so they decided that they were going to petition the man of God to petition God so that the protocol get changed. Another thing you need to understand is that existing protocols, if they are not correct, they will dispossess you of your possession. And every human being under the face of the earth will have an opportunity like these women to change a protocol that does not support your cause, that does not support your destiny, your purpose, your mission on earth. And this is a protocol that a lot of people who had opportunity in Israel never changed. But these women said, we have this opportunity, we are taking this opportunity, and we're going to change the protocol. The question is, are there protocols in your family? Are there protocols in the market, in the workplace? Are there protocols among your siblings, your brethren, that ought to be changed, that you are not changing but conforming to, and it's impinging on your progress? We need to ask this question. And so protocols that ought to be changed, that don't get to be changed, even though we have the opportunity will disenfranchise us and dispossess us of our possession. And that is why some people would have been wealthy, would have been married, would have been working, would have been holding a degree, a certificate, would have been pastoring or doing something great, but are unable to do. Because what happens is that negative but unchanged protocols will place a limit on your ability to perform will place a limit on your ability to actualize. And so these women went to Moses and they said that, look, we don't believe in this law. For you to change such protocols, you need to have a sense of faith that goes against it. And for that to happen, you ought to know exactly the kind of picture God has given you concerning your future. And these women did not see their future being supported by the existing protocol. They saw a future brighter, better than what the protocol could deliver. So that's the question. 
is the existing protocol having the ability, the capacity to deliver the kind of future and picture you have to feature in your, in your future. And if the protocol, whether it's a law, it's a system, it's a structure, doesn't have what it takes to deliver to you such a blessing, then you need to change the protocol. And you will have the opportunity. The next thing you need to understand is that when God gives such opportunities for protocols to change, he doesn't consider the gender of the people. He considers their agenda. God never considers your gender in opportunities. He considers your agenda in the moment. Many people are limited and defeated because they say, I'm a woman. Because they say, I'm a man. Because they say, I'm a boy. I'm a girl. I'm young. I'm not old. I'm not of age. But when God wants to bless you, he gives you an opportunity without recourse to your gender, your age. In fact, your demographics don't matter. Who gave birth to you doesn't matter. Your background doesn't matter. These people, when they say we are women, the Lord favors men, but we have come to change the protocol. That opportunity will come. That opportunity always is presented to us to change something. And if you don't change it, the status quo will beat you down. So these people said, I'm going to change it. We are going to change it collectively. We can change it as a nation. Collectively, we can change the protocols that have limited us from developing. We can have a national development agenda and change the protocol of political parties having to fight whose, um, how do you call it? Proposal, how do you call this thing they, they put in their green book and manifesto and blue book and whatever? Is, I mean, over the years we have seen that it doesn't work. We have to change the protocol. We have to put something there that is more progressive and durable. And so we need to understand that we always have the opportunity. When you have the opportunity such as this, you have to consider whether you also have the mental will. And for politicians, sometimes they fear that they don't have the goodwill of the people to move into certain realms. But as an individual, you want to consider whether you have the mental will. What is your want to? <laughs> your want to become, your want to perform, your want to change the status quo. Do you have the impetus? Do you have the enthusiasm? Do you have the passion, the zeal, the quest? What do you have? Do you have a spark in you? So many people become very sensitive to what the environment says, what people say, what the leadership is saying, and they are limited and they get fixated in something that doesn't work. But anytime God gives you this opportunity, the Bible said, as a man thinketh, so is he. So the opportunity will be there if you lack the willpower to move in changing the protocol, your life will remain the same and maybe even deteriorate. And so these women, I love them. They had fire in their belly. They have something, a fuel. Something was fueling them, pushing them. 
Something was making them passionate. And they became, at some point in time, very, very emboldened to approach Moses and to lay their case bare before him. And when they did that, the Bible said, the Lord said, they are right. You are always going to be right when you make a move. And you need to be motivated to make a move. When you make a move, you will be right. Many people are afraid to make a move because they are afraid it will be a wrong move. But in changing protocols, you have to understand that if you're a child of God, if you're a child of Zelophehad, a child, a covenant child, and you make your move, that move will be supported by God. They went to Moses. Moses went to God and Moses was surprised that God said to Moses, these people are right. And all that Moses knew was to make sure that he protects the law. But here God said the law ought to be changed and these people's desires must be granted them. Many people are unable to make a move, take a step in changing what exists, even though they have the opportunity because they are afraid that it's a wrong move. It's not right. Who makes it right or wrong? Is it you? Is it the leader? Or is it God? There are standards in society. You need to measure what your desire is. Is it a legitimate desire? Is it supported by law? Is it supported by faith? Then you make a move, trusting in God, that God, who is the righteous king, will make you righteous even before people right from the onset you feel might oppose you. I believe many women did not go to Moses because they felt like Moses, the anointed man, the radical man, will oppose them. But they went to Moses and Moses said, wait a minute. He went to God and God said, that's okay. There are many things that are okay to be changed, but they have not been changed because some people have not taken the initiative with the opportunity God has given you in this time. Why is it that you are not taking the initiative you are supposed to take? If you look at the scripture again, the Bible makes us understand in about verse number five that God was so pleased and Moses brought their matter before the Lord. Six, and watch this. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, these people are right. <laughs> Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren. And thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. Listen to me. Protocols are barriers to your inheritance, to your possession. And newer protocols are entry points to your possession. Either you maintain the status quo of being a follower who is a beggar or you decide that I'm going to take my destiny into my own hands and transform my world. 
when you have this mentality of taking your destiny in your own hands, knowing that God has given, and watch this, God was there so pretending over the law, and it was okay because until you have a problem with the protocol, God doesn't have a problem with the protocol. Until you have a problem with the status quo, God is not the business of God to change the status quo, to change the protocol, the law, whatever tradition that is barring you from being successful. Until you are fed up with it and you make moves against it, God will not unilaterally change it because God doesn't know what you want. He doesn't know what frustrates you. And even if he knows, the principle is that you ought to go to him and vent your frustration in prayer. They went, vent your frustration in taking action. They went to the spiritual place, but before that, they took an action. You need to take action that is physical and spiritual. And many people say, God will do what he has to do. God knows what is good for me. Listen to me. It is the saying of an ignorant person to think that the Lord by himself will change everything in your life when he has mandated you. To make a move before he moves. Most of the time, when you take the opportunity God has given you to make a move, then God moves with that opportunity. Until you move, mostly God doesn't move. So when you have this opportunity, you need to start moving. Because your inheritance and possessions are embedded in the opportunities that you take in changing the status quo, the protocols that exist already. There are some people, I believe these women, they move away from their mindset of women at that point in time. I don't even believe their family supported them, of course, because whoever was there and the inheritance we're going to pass on to was not going to agree with these women, but they took their destiny into their own hands. Listen to me. This world doesn't give you what you deserve. It gives you what you fight for. And you will always have an opportunity to fight for what you want. Don't lose that opportunity to fight for what you want. Don't lose that opportunity to give up something that is not working in your life. Give it up. You need to give it up if you have to. And we are going to get in there because I have just built a foundation for you that you need to take a step to change the protocol. The limitations of people can be transferred to you. Sometimes the fears of people, people and their phobia for certain things can be transferred onto you. And by the time you know, you will have an existing dream in your heart that is limited by a perspective of some outsider. That is why you need to understand that this inheritance has to do with our lives. In fact, they changed the law forever and that meant that there was generational effect to their possession and inheritance. They are children, children came to inherit because these people refused to be limited by the perspectives of other people. Normally, you need to surround yourself with right-thinking people, righteous people, people who are legitimate and morally sound, and people who are successful. 
people whose counsel you trust. Because if you allow every other person to come around you, they will tell you what they believe you should do. And sometimes what people believe you should do is not what you should do. And so you need to get some people whose destinies synchronizes with your destiny and then know that they are people who are tested and trialed and you trust them and you know that they will always give you a good counsel and you can ride on their capacity even when your faith is is short and you can go to the next level like the four brethren that carried their friend to break the roof they carried you need people who can carry you on their perspectives and those people, their perspective might be bigger and stronger than yours. They could be children like Samson. He had a kid leading him to the pillar, but that's all he needed. So sometimes you have all these transferred negative vibes coming to you and they stop you in your tracks. But you need to understand that protocols don't change based on who is with you. Protocols change based on what you want to see in your life. And you will always have an opportunity to change the protocol based on how you want your life to, to manifest or the reflections you already have in mind, you have envisioned for your life in the now and in the future. So that's the point. Now let's bring it home. In ministry, a lot of people are afraid to come to ministry because they feel like, what am I going to eat? That's a perspective of some people. But I, being in ministry, know that grace is important. Also, many pastors or many people doing ministry don't have alternative livelihood. Because that is the existing protocol. The status quo is that when God calls you into ministry, you don't need to do anything secular or you don't need to do anything in the market. Because... The Lord, especially when he calls you to full-time ministry and you do anything, the Lord will destroy it or God will be unhappy. It's not in the Bible. It's not true. It is not true. Apostle Paul, who is a modern-day apostle under the dispensation of grace, was doing something together with his ministry. And that was a full-time ministry. Look at the number of epistles he wrote. So letting somebody tell you that because you are a pastor, you can't do a certain business or you can't be in the market like other people are in the market is not consistent with the truth of God's word. You need to understand that it's very important that if you have skills, you have business ideas, you have some other things you feel like you have competences for and you can do, you have to roll them out. And you don't need to necessarily be physically involved if you don't want to, but you can employ people to do it for you and God will be very happy with you. And I'll give you examples. You see, most of the men of God, you celebrate like T.D. Jakes. They've got businesses. Ashimolo. They've got businesses. In Ghana here, look at the successful men of God. In Ghana, I'm telling you, that's something you will not be told. But I'm telling you, young man, ministry is so attractive if you understand this. They have got other things they are doing that you might not know 
Sometimes they mention it once a while, but you have to break. This is the status quo. It's like you are a fetish priest in the shrine. When God calls you, you don't need to come out of the shrine. Who said so? Who said so? You can come out. Come out. Because God doesn't operate a shrine. He operates a sanctuary. And you are a mobile sanctuary. And God needs you to be in the market. We need apostles in the market. If you're a believer, change the status quo. That's why in the keepers house, we're expecting doctors to be doing ministry and be doing their jobs at the same time. Lecturers. Corporate people. Doing ministry, doing whatever. Don't be limited and tied down. In fact, you need to change the status quo. Your children will not find working with God and working for God attractive if your mindset is a traditional mindset. And that traditional mindset is what kept the daughters of Zelophehad from receiving their inheritance. But when they decided to change that mindset, it changed their inheritance and it changed their lives. That is why every pastor, I encourage you, look at the COVID. The COVID has revealed that if you're a pastor and you have the ability to do something else, you ought to do it. You need an alternative livelihood to give you extra channels of income. In fact, the church's income is not your income. Your income is what you are able to generate by your skills, by your social networks and tapping into the social capital in your social network and doing so. There is nothing wrong, watch this, for a pastor who travels, sees a business community, links them up to businessmen in the country, and pastors, listen to it. When you introduce people like this to people in your church or outside your church, take your middleman's commission. Take it. Now, I finished the scripture. You know, some people want to buy gold. You have members who are legitimate who sell gold. Don't just tell them, go sell gold to these people. What is my share? Pastors are not used to saying, what is my share? Ask for your share. Ask for it. You know a company that wants to do a big branding and you can take it and outsource it? Ask for your share. Change the status quo. Change your finances. Pastor, change your mind. Change it. Pastors, they feel like, oh, my member will think I'm so-so-and-so, I'm so-so-and-so. No. Any regular person would have sat down with pen and paper, mine is 2%. Mine is so-so and so, and the pastor is not different. Because you go to the fuel pump, the pastor is not different from the bank manager. Don't tie your neck with a pastoral rope and kill yourself. It's suicidal. You need to change the status quo. How many church members have called you during the COVID as a pastor because they are thinking about how you want to sustain yourself and your family? Pastors are left to their own faith. So when you have opportunities, give it to the people who belong to the household of faith, but not for free all the time. Sometimes for free, many of the time not for free, they will get something, you ought to get something. 
So all of us can go fishing. And you can use your social networks to better the lives of people around you as well as to better your own lives. Because your children will pay school fees. You will go to the market. You will have to buy house, pay rent if that's your position. You will need to transport yourself from time to time. When you have an idea, partner with people. Change the status quo. Don't be tied down with the traditional thinking. And your life will never be the same again. Some people in some families have maintained the tradition. And you don't even know who brought the tradition. And it's not a Bible tradition. And that tradition is disturbing you. For instance, in marriage, in marriage, watch this. There are people following <laughs> the Leah Rachel tradition. And uh, the father of Leah and Rachel, Laban, said, In our country, the younger doesn't marry before the older. <laughs> what a tradition. <laughs> what a bad protocol. So there are families, and the younger sister or the younger brother is ready to marry, matured, well-resourced, has a beloved, but because either the younger and the elder brother or elder sister hasn't taken his or her opportunity to marry, some families have not allowed or you have not allowed yourself to go to the next level because uh, my big sister, my big brother is not married. Listen to me. Even if you were born the same day, your destinies would have been different. If you were a younger sister and your opportunities come, Grab it without recourse to your bigger brother, bigger sister. Some of you, your bigger brothers and bigger sisters are not interested in marriage, even though they are saying it with their mouth. And if you are waiting for them, you wait forever. There are some people, they are not ready to rent, they are not ready to leave the house, and they say that your big sister has not left the house, don't leave the house. If you feel like you are in a position mature enough, to, to hold your own and to do, leave and go. He told Abraham, leave your father's house. Some of you are living with your parents. You are 40 years, a man, a woman, and you are still living in your parents' house, living with your parents. What's wrong with you? You need to leave that house. Like if you are seed of the Abraham, seed of Abraham, leave that house. How do you live your life successfully when you are a free rider? It kills something in you. Change the status quo. And sometimes your parents don't even want you to leave. They say, oh, stay here. Why are you in a hurry to leave? Why are you in a... If you want to progress, change the status quo. Some of you will be married if you changed your mind, and the way you see things and do things. Don't let anybody's state of inertia determine your speed in life. Some people have been grounded. They have come to a halt permanently. Don't let their permanency in whatever failure they are engaged in become a permanency for what you want to become. You need to change the stuff. My brother, my mother may have been grounded, but I'm not grounded. You need to rise up. In business, 
Some of you, you need to just break away from some joint ventures you did with people who are not interested. One of my guys, he was in a partnership with a guy. The guy is 100% phlegmatic. 100%. Guy cannot go anywhere without the, the mother. He, 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 the guy is phlegm, phlegm. The guy cannot flow. Phlegmatic, intelligent, and yet a deep, 100% absolute phlegmatic. And their business, you need to move. You need to have initiative. You need to, you need to be very proactive, enterprising. So there were people who were owing them, and they love for him to visit them to recollect, uh, collect the money, but they didn't like this other partner who is radical. Because he, they could easily talk him out, and he would say, okay, you know, okay, you know, <laughs> okay. But this other guy has fire. So when I saw the way they were going, I said, boy, <clears throat> you people registered a company together, blah, 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 blah. You either leave this company for this guy, or you ask him to take, to sell his shares to you. And the guy was cool. He was cool. You can imagine. <laughs> he was cool in doing that. And he walked away. Flag. Flag. Complete flag. Not, not all flags are like that. But some flags, eh? They will never change. The status quo. Everything is okay for them. It's not okay. It's not okay. If you were a wife, you were a husband, listen to me. The st as the world is opening, people are having exposure of what good life is, and you need to change your mind as a husband. Because some of you, your wives are not happy with you. Because you are behaving like something else, and some of the women, your husbands are not happy with you. You need to change a lot of things around you. You are grown, but you are behaving like a young, a young boy or a young girl. You, you, you are not growing. You are not. Sometimes the way you even behave, it doesn't match your spirituality. And you still call yourself a child of God. That's a shame. You are maintaining a negative status quo. That's how I am. This how, so somebody has married you and the person is very frustrated. Because this is how I am. Change the status quo. Become something better. Alright? I believe strongly that we have opportunities to make this world a great place in the market. Some people you need to break away from. In the market. Don't be anybody's slave if it is not adding value to you in the market. Sometimes you can do better. Yeah. Sometimes you can do better on your own or with some people, some other person. And sometimes for concerns of just basic salary, you stay in a place that wastes your years. But you need to change the status quo. Anybody working in a bank and you are not in top management position, I mean top, 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 don't stay in the bank more than 10 years. It's a waste of time. You will bank doesn't make anybody rich. Government business doesn't make anybody rich. If you are at the top there and you are earning great, beautiful. But let it be a starting point for you.
10 years maximum out, Otilo. Whatever you have learned, you have learned already. Start something for yourself or start looking for somewhere that will pay you better. In this life, purchasing power counts. Don't stay in something that will kill you and take you nowhere. These people change the status quo. They changed it. And I'm praying for you today that you will be that person that will be full of fire to say that, look, I'm going to change the situation around. I'm going to turn it around. That's what they did. Women, powerful women. So you have opportunities. The market is going in a certain way. Create other things. Become creative. Be innovative. Don't say, oh, this thing there, this is how they sell it. This is how everybody does it. This is, no. If you do it the way everyone does it, you are going to get the same result everybody gets. You need to do it sometimes in an improved way, in a better way, in a different way. Look outside the box and change the protocol, change the status quo. And I believe strongly that sometimes you don't have to allow people to talk you into some things that will destroy you. You need to talk yourself out. Talk yourself out and change the status quo. And I believe when you take this opportunity that is given to all of us, your life will never be the same again and you will prosper in everything that you do. It's time. And I see you like the daughters of Zelophehad, advancing and progressing and going there. God is backing you. God is supporting you. Take a step there. You are a one-man designer. Go to that big company. I've seen your designs. I've seen your branding. I can do better than it has been done. I can improve it for you. Should I do some samples and bring? Change the status quo. Don't wait for a company to come for you. Go to them. So I can design better than it's been done. I can do it in a different way for you. I can do it. That's, that's how you change the status quo. Everyone waits for client to come and buy. Decide that you are doing services to client. You want to send it to them. You want to send the product to them. You want to just use some um, transportation system, a courier service. You, you want to do something. Why can't you make yourself the chef for all busy people? Then you cook for people. And then you freeze them and pack it in their fridge. Why can't you run errands for people? Busy people need people to run errands for them. So you can do a company, errands. <laughs> and you can have confidentiality. And you can have privacy. And you say that all diplomats, all politicians, people who want their business to be done in a legitimate way by in a, out of the eyes of the public, we are the people to come to. Why can't you have a depository where people can deposit their treasure there with, and, and have an agreement with the security system, the security um, apparatus of the state, like a safe, and then you are in, 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 in a collaboration or in a contract with the police or with the army to take care, like you watch in films. People go to a safekeeping place and they go and open. Some people have their rail there. Some people have their monies there. Blah, 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 blah. You pay the security agency, but you own the company. And you are providing security for people's stuff, but you are earning something. That's a beautiful idea. It's for free. You don't need an offering. It's for free. 
You can do a lot. You can be running errands for people. You can have a courier service. If you want something to get to Takwa from Accra, I can do it in 12 hours for you. As you take it, you already have people who are traveling or you have some transport system that takes your thing to the, by the next available bus. Don't sit down there. Change the status quo. And make sure that, hey, you are enriching your life as a child of God. You can have some connections. with. I'm having a lot of ideas. Just sitting here like that, right? Plenty of ideas are coming. Free consultation. And that's why sometimes it beats my mind that people think pastors are stupid. It beats my mind. All right. But this is it. You can have connections in every station that sends people's stuff to wherever, Tamale, the next available flight, the next available car. <laughs> you have riders, you have all sorts of things moving. In every city, you have movers. People can trust. You can move quicker than DHL, quicker than EMS. If you understand this thing and, and, and present yourself in your suit, you are formal, official, you look good, you speak well, and you have a good brain. It's, it's so beautiful. Why can't you change it? Change it. You are singing, but you can do something else. You're preaching, you can do something else. You are a director of, a, of, of public service, whatever they say, but you can do something else. Somebody can be running for you. Somebody can be running for you. Let me tell you, the politicians, they've got businesses. They've got businesses. Even the people who say there's conflict of interest here and there, I'm telling you, they have got businesses. Don't you see Donald Trump have got, has got businesses? He's got businesses. You have to, our president has got businesses. The politicians, they have got businesses. They can afford to do many things because even though they are sitting in the parliament, and a lot of them sitting in the parliament, is just to leverage on the MP-ship. It, give, it makes them credit-worthy. Why do you think some people keep coming into the political scene as opposition leaders of different political parties, even though they don't even get 1%? Because that person can go abroad and assess a huge financial resource because he's a known image or a known personality in Ghana. He's leveraging on being a political figure in Ghana to enter into some, some funds somewhere. That's why you wonder they get a lot of pickups and all of that to do this thing. They know what they are doing. That's why I want to tell you, go into that politics. Go into that business. Don't just sit down and say, oh, we Christians, dear, we eat the crumbs under the table. We are not going to eat the crumbs again. We need the bread on the table. You understand? The bread is for the children. We need the bread on the table. Everybody has a share with a bread on the table. And for you to make a portion of the lion's share, you need to have a lion's mentality. You need to have a lion's mind. You need to have a lion's heart. You need to have a lion's energy and, and force to enter into the market. Sons and daughters, listen to me. Don't be in the keeper's house and be a wasted person because you are waiting for something to move before you move. Move it. If the protocol doesn't change, change the protocol. Change it. 
and your life will never be the same. I want you to lift up your hands wherever you are, please. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244 177 831 or 0204 916 168 or 0277 532 360. Experiencing Jesus Bethany Ministries.